0: Hey, what's going on? This is the mighty DJ Mel, and you're listening to the Feedback Podcast.
1: What up, everybody? It's back with the Feedback Podcast, and in this episode, I've been waiting a long time to get this guy on. Finally, he's here. I'm talking about the one and only DJ Manny. And we talk about how he grew up in Puerto Rico, how he got into music, he moved to Texas, to Austin. Uh, We talk about uh, the Red Fest days, we talk about uh, uh, DJ Dojo, his style, like what kind of stuff he plays around with. I mean, there's so much. Uh, The man's been around for a long time. Love talking to him. And uh, also, make sure, save the date, Saturday, December 6th. All right? four-year anniversary of the feedback so put that on your your calendar in your phone on your post-it whatever you need so you remember make a note of that all right let's go and we're live welcome to the feedback podcast my name is back and today i have a dude on this man right here i've been to that on the show for a long time and we, were, you know how many times we talked about you on the show?
0: I, I've heard a few, definitely, for sure. You yes. know, I, I mean, I definitely thank you so much for always, you know, putting me with such amazing other DJs here and talented DJs that have put stuff together that I I, I feel honored always, you know, just to be mentioned, uh, you know, along the lines of all those cats.
1: If in case you didn't recognize this man, <laughs> it's the one and only The great. Mr. DJ Manny, how you doing, man?
0: Blah, 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 blah blah, <laughs> blah, blah, blah,
1: How you doing, man? Really good, man. Super. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Uh, like I said, I've been trying to get you on for a while, and people have been asking me. So here he is, the one and only, the mighty DJ Manny. Uh, one thing I want to thank you. Because yes. uh, you DJ, are probably one of our most successful feedback parties.
0: Yeah, the one with the flash mob. That was awesome with Mike. With Mike's Swing, yes, yeah, that was one of my best ones. Went back and forth all night. Yes, he's a he's a beast, man. I like, know. Yeah, that that crew of guys, dude. There always some point. Never means to be. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And people to this day still talk about that party as one of the best
1: feedback joints we ever did. Well,
0: cool, man. That that was super duper. I mean, I I had a badass time. Uh, I was at the top of a uh, Copa at the uh, Copa. Meduce. Yeah, Meduce. Yeah, Medus. That's know. right.
1: That's right. Yeah. yeah. The flash Mod was on point. Everything. If you guys haven't seen, we have a video on YouTube. You can go check it out. Uh, I forgot the name of the party. It was called. Uh, I was called back it up. Back it up. Mm-hmm. I always have my name in the name of parties. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. I'm a brand. What are you going do? It works. It works. Yep. Uh, so let's get into a little backstory or mm-hmm. background. Goddamn. I can't help it. It's okay, man. <laughs> You're the one talking. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> um. So did you grew up around music was there a bunch of uh your family i know your family you have a family of artists like your grandfather mm-hmm. uh your dad your mom so tell us, tell us yeah about that a i bit.
0: mean if you're from puerto rico or anywhere in the in the caribbean see music is such a powerful thing for you and you know that it's always in the streets everybody's always singing everybody's loud so mm-hmm. Yes, always music was always around my my family. Uh, you know, I grew up in 1973, so that was a really beautiful moment for disco and uh, salsa. Oh, okay. Um, you know, salsa I I could hear in the in the streets everywhere. You know, every, you know, anytime, any place, and because being uh, from a background of uh, um, entertainers, my grandfather. Uh, Tommy Muniz, uh, he's considered kind of like the Cosby of, uh, oh, wow. of the Caribbean. Yeah, he's the only uh, person from Puerto Rico to ever been nominated for a, a uh, an Oscar for a movie that he helped produce. Um, oh so wow,
1: we're talking to royalty here, man. whatever, what? <laughs> I mean,
0: my my grandfather was really good friends with like Cantinflas, you know, and he, you know, and. Uh, guy that did, you know, Chavo del Ocho and, you know, the the whole, all the comedy from Latin American comedy back in the 70s. Okay. Uh, so he, at one point, he was like the megastar of like the biggest TV channel in Puerto Rico, appeared in the, you know, lunch hour uh, show, you mm-hmm. know, introducing people. So we were always constantly around artists and musicians and performers and comedy and um, like do you come over to the house when you were a kid? Oh, oh absolutely! And then um, my 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 parents got divorced when I was two, so I would only hang out with my my grandfather and my dad, possibly maybe once a month. Uh, mm-hmm. And we would go Sundays to his house. And um, I have thirty two cousins, so uh, my uh, my That's dad party. My, yeah, <laughs> my dad is the oldest of eight. Um and uh, my brother is like was the first one. He was like the first boy of the family. Yeah, and his his name is Tommy too. Uh, anyway, uh, every on Sundays we would do a show, you know, and we would either be like menudo, you know, and like <laughs> and you know, <laughs> since I was like the at one point I was kind of like the youngest one. There was this thing that all the all the cousins were like dancing routine, and they would bring out this basket. And I come out of the basket and like jump out and like start freaking out like
1: ah! <laughs> Little Mandolito, <clears throat> man.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, we would always have like entertainment at our at our house. It's always not it's like in our bloods and we just do it we like to laugh and you know, s- tell jokes to each other. Like all every, everybody in my you know, whether they're clean or dirty, they would I can't hold... I can't do a joke. I can just, like, tell fun stories and, like, goof out with people. But most of my uncles and dad, they got, like, hey, let me tell you a joke. Blah, 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 blah. Like, some <laughs> of them are nasty, and some of them are so clever, you know? Uh, you know, and then um, on Christmas, they still do this, even after, you know, my grandfather and my grandmother, uh, rest in peace, you know, they we do a Christmas show where we do, like, the... Um, uh, The birth of Jesus Christ and, Mm -hmm. you know, like they have Mary and Joseph and the three kings and we do like a super goofball, you know, like we start rapping like, you know, uh, (laughs) we we rap like like Mary raps or sings and we do jokes like the three kings are just like, what's up? We brought some incense and no, no, no. Um. So, it, so st- it became a whole family tradition. Today, yeah, and to to this day, we still do it. You know, there's uh, a lot of traditions. I'm coming to your we- house
1: on Christmas. Oh man!
0: <laughs> I, even it, even so, um, that's my family in Puerto Rico, in Muniz. Um, you know, and then my my fam my brother moved to Austin first, and uh, then I moved, and my little brother did, and then my mom. So we now have like a satellite puerto rican station you know over at my mom's and celebrate christmas and it's the same we don't do the the uh the birth thing but we always dance like we always have like instruments and we make you know arroz con pollo paella my mom is like a dope you know cook uh-huh. and uh she lives in a really really small apartment downtown and we just party in, like in this room like yeah you know so how did the the transition to austin happen so, if, you know, when I came to Austin, I already been in Texas before when I was, uh, uh in 1985, um, my mom, uh, like I was saying, my, my mom remarried and I was really young to a doctor and he was able to, he got a, uh, a job at MD Anderson in 19 1985 to, uh, work on kids, uh, with cancer, uh, mm-hmm. pediatrician oncologist and, and uh, so I lived there for three years uh, in Houston, in Sugarland, in mm-hmm. the same place where George Bush, you know, senior was living. So it was like super high, fancy. Oh, you know, I I went from being in Puerto Rico to going to a public school with like you know super rich kids, lots of fancy people, and very, very, very fancy. Like I've never been in a country club before, even though I came from people with you know that had money, but country club status and like you know the whole uh did you stand out a lot? i mean i did because uh, you know in texas even back then you know uh latin you know if your name you know if you have a latin name you're automatically you know in a certain group yeah um and because uh i definitely didn't learn like everybody else you know i, I I was, I was a special learner growing up you know what I mean like okay. uh, I definitely always didn't do really well like with math and reading and whatever I was just like <laughs> I just was just yeah. doing me dude I was just a very artistic yeah. even back then and I, I wasn't really motivated so I ended up always falling behind and uh, I ended up always being with like special ed kids you know so I was hanging out with the most you know difficult kids that get into trouble uh then you know obviously like anybody with special needs, yeah it's where yeah. they got you know and then on top of that, my English you know, was my was my, my second uh language at that time, and uh so I got to meet a lot really interesting people, but uh. Then I lived in the neighborhood where it was like, you know, prom queen and, you know, I was best friends with the high high school, you know, junior high, high school uh, jocks, you know, and they were my homies. So, like, I always grew up, like, hanging out with, like, super, super, you know, varsity style and, like, punk rock you know so
1: you're, you're pretty much fit in anywhere you went right yeah okay. but
0: and at the same time stuck out yes you know i fit in and stuck out at the same time you know like i was the weird one when i was hanging out with my snobby friends you know mm-hmm. and then i was like the white kid hanging out with like the juvie you know anybody got into trouble nah. <laughs> <laughs> so you I, I read i read
1: a, an article that it was your brother that gave you a call and told you about Austin Yeah, and you're, and you're like, okay, tell, well, tell the story. So,
0: so when my stepfather passed away in 99, uh, we actually moved to Puerto Rico right when a hurricane hit, which by the way, there's, a, there's like a hurricane hitting right now. Um, so in Puerto Rico, you know, I went to mi- finish up my high school and college and I was really getting into like, uh, my brother was one of my biggest influence. Like, mm-hmm. uh, my brother always had all kinds of music. Even when we lived in, in Houston, he would go out to clubs, uh, back in, you know, like listening to New Order, listening to a, a lot of uh, like New Wave, Techno, Front yeah. 242, Ministry. And, you know, then he started getting into hip-hop. And, you know, he he bought the first, you know, uh, De La Soul, you know, Three Feet High and Rising, yep. uh, you know, when Paul's Boutique came out, he was like, dude, this is like the creme of the creme. You know, people were like, ah, Paul Boutique sucks, you know, and they didn't come out with something right. You know, it's so weird. And my brother, we were listening over and over and over. <laughs> so um, my brother moved to to Puerto Rico and we just, you know, we were finally like best friends. And he was like, man, I got this uh This gig in for UT, they're paying me a master. They're giving me a a free scholarship to do a master's in business. And one night, he called me up out of a out of a Proteus this this club where um, now uh, Coyote Ugly is. Yeah. So that was like the place where everybody used to go and dance to. Like that was the epic. What was it called? Proteus. Proteus, Proteus, yeah. Wow. And uh, if you look it up on Facebook, they have like a Proteus reunion with a lot of the, the DJs. And, uh, you know, this was 93, 94. So a lot of the electronic music that was coming out, it wasn't even that popular in the mainstream, you know. <laughs> um, but that's where like everybody went in and just totally lost their mind into like 6 o'clock in the morning. So my brother called me up and was like, dude... I'm at this crazy, I'm at the bathroom right now. I'm in the girls' bathroom. There's, you know, boys and girls just kicking it. You know, people are just like doing shenanigans. (laughs) I'm hanging out with all these DJs, hanging out with painters, and, you know, I mean, hanging out with like transvestites, dudes, girls. Like, it's crazy. You need to come and visit me for a, uh, uh, just to kick it, just to, you know, scope out, like, get out of Puerto Rico for a minute. And in Puerto Rico, like, I mean, if you people would always see it as like something really uh, majestic and it's really beautiful. But there's a lot of problems that happen in, yeah. in a lot of these Caribbean islands. Mm-hmm. And back then it was really, really, really bad. Like uh, people, you know, I was 21. So anybody was going out in the night scene. You almost had to always be careful of getting shot, getting robbed Um you know, if you wanted to like smoke herb, you mm-hmm. know, you had to go into like crazy, crazy ghettos. You know, and in the ghettos they also like you know would sell you crack, heroin, and you know all these guys are like you know, uh, very much like in the gang scene in Jamaica. Yeah, where like, you have all these guys with guns and. Well, like
1: when you think Jamaica, you think yeah, reggae, peace, no, everything's cool. Then like, you show up it's and like, it's y- like blah, blah.
0: No. Yeah, it's it's super scary, man. So I was re I was hanging out in that crowd and I was like, man, I need a change. Like this is too crazy. I want to be surrounded by music and art, but you know this it, it's and, and at the same time, none of these big artists were coming through Puerto Rico. So I was like, great, you know, great way to go to Austin, mm-hmm. you know, and check out new shows. Lola was like coming out around that time, so I really wanted to go. And so I came and. I was like, okay, I'm moving that summer. I, you know, I packed my stuff and uh, I went to ACC to finish up my uh, graphic design. Yeah. Um, so I was in '94, and I, the first day that I got here, um, this girl named uh, Shanna, she used to go by Snow White. We're still good friends. She picked me up with my brother and picked up a keg. You know, went to the, uh, I lived on Twenty First and Pearl. Yeah, and right in front of the Pearl Street Co-op, it's like on the third floor, and we had a pool, and all the DJs came by. You know, Mike C, DJ Snotty, that one one of the guys that started uh, uh, Blow Pop with you know before DJ Mel, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, who yeah. else? Um, man, just a bunch of other cats. Joey Foley that was playing at, at around that time, house music. So that was like a pause and like, "Yo, this is just getting started. We're about to hit, you know, downtown," and you know, make it,
1: sure you miss those days, huh?
0: <laughs> no, man. I mean, I think it. I think that those those days were there for a purpose. Yeah, and I, I was twenty one. My energy, you know, I had a lot more energy back then, and I had less
1: responsibility, less and- way less responsibility. Yeah, of course.
0: You know, so I'm super glad that I had a moment just to just while out, you know and just even be more creative mm-hmm. but uh so i remember you know going out all night clubbing and <clears throat> and uh everybody comes over to my brother's place i mean boys girls and when i'm telling you like transvestite there was this guy that had a wedding dress long long hair black hair i forgot his name and a mustache And he was hanging out he was hanging out with, you know, this other kind of like club kids that dressed up in little underwears and there were I mean, it was like a scene, dude. And then you had like B boys coming by, the DJs, regular people. I mean, it was just like a mishmash of everything. And it was like seven o'clock in the morning, and I'm like why are people still here, dude? Like, <laughs> and, then, and and then my, one of my buddies like, it's like, what do you mean, man? This is what we do every night. I was like, this is too crazy, you know. And uh, did, it, did it really strike you at first, or you were like, this is okay? Well, this is
1: what I like. Uh, you no, man. I mean, kind of
0: people. I, you, no. I mean, in Puerto Rico, usually people stay up that late. Even growing up, going through high school. You will go out to all San Juan and whatever into like six in the morning, and you yeah. you know you go home and your mommy's making you pancakes and coffee, you know. What I am mean? like, hey, how was your night? And you're like, Duh. you know, <laughs> it's like here, have some coffee, get some, you know, get some sleep, crash it out, you know. And this environment was like, I guess you know, there was no no more mom and dad. It was more yeah, like, was oh yeah, the- here's a beer, we're gonna keep on partying. I'm like, dude, I'm going to sleep, <laughs> you know. Like, I, I so you felt this was the right place for you at the time. For sure. I mean, even though, like, I wasn't like, yo, I'm going to stay up for three days. Yeah. You know, I definitely was like, okay, this is okay with me. It's a little bit too out there, but I, I can get used to it. You know, I'm
1: used to golf courses and, and, uh,
0: what's it called? <clears throat> no, no. Especially no, no.
1: ed kids, but this is another level.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a complete different level. And, I mean, nobody held a gun to my head to stay awake. I could do whatever I wanted. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. an adventure, you know, and, um, I really got into just going to every club in Austin, uh, whether it was country, whether, you know, it was jazz, hip hop, everything, Mm -hmm. and just make it an adventure.
1: So did did your brother show you around or did you have someone? uh, I mean,
0: my my brother was like, yo, you know, let's let's call. My brother was always the guy that had a bunch of friends come by, girls come by. He had always all the music. He would be like, oh, you, he's like ultimate chiller. You know, he just finished doing, co- he's like doing college, get some. Yeah, cool, man. Come by. We got beers, you know. And uh, so everybody will come over and everything just happened at at, my, at at our apartment. And then we will go out. Oh, we're going to go to see uh, diggle Planets, you know, at Cafe Station. Uh, or then we're going to go three, you know, check out a ministry, you know, at a... Uh, at Austin Music Hall and uh, or some other night and funny enough I still, my closest friends we still do that like I don't m- if my place is can't have many people at my place but I tend to hang out with people that create adventures to go out you know and and, and I still love going out and, and going to like parties just being in the front and dancing yeah, and, yeah. and creating like a posse even though I also like going out by myself and disappearing you know and doing my own thing but when it comes to hanging out with friends i i, I hold that really high like i, I think there's something really cool about it i mean if
1: you do that that personality you have a very like okay who's that guy i want to get to know that guy <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's how i met you and yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get to that but sure. uh so what so you're you were here you prince you hanging out with all these cool people creative mm-hmm. people and you know, you wanted to do something with music. Were you like buying records at the time already, or how you did know, that
0: it, it actually, like I was saying, my brother would buy more music. You know, yeah. I, I always uh, around that time I was just doing graphic designs, and uh, I I worked a lot in the kitchen. I was uh, in Puerto Rico. I worked in a like five star uh, k- um, kitchen mm-hmm. and working as a, a a server. Yeah. So I I was more into being. A graphic designer or a chef, and opening up my own restaurant, you know, and hanging out with very, very creative people in Puerto Rico. And when I moved to to Austin, they didn't care, you know, that my resume looked like a, you know, it was badass. They were like, "You speak Spanish," you, you know. And I ended up washing dishes. Like, I mean, I got like probably like ten jobs, and all of them started at work washing dishes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always knew that I. I wanted to be an artist. Like you know, I, I can paint, I can draw. Um, it's in the family. <laughs> yeah, you know, and 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 music. Like uh, it, through through high school, I really didn't. I sang. I went to choir in uh, for a few years, but I didn't get to do any instrument or any kind of stuff like that. And I would buy a little bit, but when I saw uh, the guys here DJing. I mean, I was more the guy dancing, you know. And I'm like, dude, that track, that track that you play, that that one's really good. I was like that guy. So, and I didn't want to be like, oh, I like what you know, I like what you do, and I want to be a DJ. You know, can yeah. I jump in? Because like, that's usually the type of people that would try be like, oh, I want to get in with this guy and be a DJ and start doing gigs with him and kind of be his friend to like mm-hmm. get into the scene. And I was just more like, <clears throat> I love this. That track is cool, and it's like, man, how is how are they doing that? And um so after years, you know, and a lot of my friends, all of a sudden, got married and uh, started kind of like fading out from the scene. Mm-hmm. People were asking me, hey, you know, do you want to play some of my records? You can give it a try. Uh, and I was like, perfect, you know, and. and that's how I started getting into it more. It was more like I felt like I had so much respect for my peers, mm-hmm. and like I was really enjoying what I was doing. I just being part of the entertainment and hanging out. I would carry the records, come in with them. You know they they like that. You always want that. You want a posse, and yeah. you know it's kind of like your entourage, but like your homies. You know, like you yeah, they just them. help,
1: and you're helping out. It's just because That's you,
0: it. you love being around. Yeah, these people. and I, I didn't have a lot of money. I mean, dude, back then in Austin, there was. If you had just a, you know, dishwashing job, you were like pimping, you know. <laughs> I mean, even working at a store, like a clothing store, getting paid whatever, five, eight bucks an hour. You're like, yeah, I got this job. Uh, and uh, But I would go to the record stores a lot with uh, Mike C and uh, uh, Snotty that lived on the 16th and uh, Nueces mm-hmm. and around that area. And we would walk to uh, Waterloo and herb was uh working there herb agapitus which is uh you know one of the you know he he started alien records mm-hmm. uh he's definitely you know one of the guys that i you know definitely look up to and uh was one of my mentors for sure you know he taught you know he taught me a lot of the tough lessons you know and taught me out a lot of really good things um but did
1: someone actually go okay no. you playing these records this is how you do Mm -mm, things. No way.
0: Self-taught? Yeah, I mean, self-taught, actually by watching my friends, you know, and doing it. Yeah. And and for some reason, there was like a code of like, nobody, you know, like you just jump into it. Yeah, that's that's what I've
1: been hearing a lot. A lot of DJs Uh, I've had are like, you know what? I locked myself in my room for months and then just figured it out.
0: And I think, you know, it's that back then, you would just get stoned, have some beers, and the guys who were doing it, Mm-hmm. They were just really focusing on sharpening up their skill that mm-hmm. they weren't really like. It's not that they didn't want to teach me. First of all, just to teach somebody how to DJ, you have to have some really articulate messages so that it can get in there and learn it properly. Right. You know, and not everybody has that talent, you know. And uh so I just like watched and watched and watched and, you know, having rhythm. Like, for example, I had friends that would tell me like about, you know, eight, you know, eight bars or bar, or, you know, a beat or B- count it. BPM And, and all all I was just like, I just because my second language, I was like, I don't get it. But you're like, OK, and one, two, three, four, one. And I was like, not but I could hear the clap, you know, I would hear like, you know, and a beat on a clap. And so I would just you just have to listen to the record and be like, OK, if I drop it on the clap with the clap of the other one, you know, mm-hmm. then. I can able to, I'm able to get it and put it into place. I mean, this was like, it took me like three or four years, like just trying and trying and trying. And um, sometimes I would play at house parties, you know, and um, when I really started buying records was when I got a job uh, working in the back of Alien Records. Um, my brother uh, started doing an internet company called uh, Constant Communication, and they would do graphic designs for a lot of local people doing flyers, stuff like that. And it was like a office in the back of Alien Records on um, at 15th and, and Nueces, You know where uh, the Starbucks is on the Texadelphia Right there, you know, across the street from uh 11 15th Street? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a Starbucks there. So yeah. it, it star- that Starbucks used to be the first Alien Records. Oh, shit, uh-huh. okay. So not only, you know... My the posse that I hung out with lived like two blocks away from Alien Records. Mm-hmm. You know, we would walk there and then go to Waterloo. Uh, so Mike C started working. A lot of the the local DJs that were pushing, uh, that were making that movement happen at Proteus and the beginning of the raves in, in, in Austin. Yeah. They, it, it was kind of like, that was like the hub. So in 97 that's when my brothers went in business with them. So it was kind of like Alien Records already been open for a few years. This kind of like the scene already started growing and changing. Yeah. Uh, So I worked in the back, picking up the phone and taking orders, doing, you know, uh, internet stuff. But then I would just hold the phone and just go through records. Uh, Jason Jenkins worked there. Uh, Kathy Russell worked there for a little while. Um, A lot of different artists, you know, and I, I... so that was like a place where where meetup I'm sure that has come up in a in conversation that is where a lot of the DJs would see each other. Did you did you know uh I don't know who was around at the time as far as
1: uh you know, the hip hop DJ? I don't know if Mel uh, was around, if I mean Chicken George or Nack were around.
0: Nick Nack, Mel, X Men. Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah. You know, definitely uh, you know, Mac Gods was throwing parties. uh uh, gosh, said so, um, Matson was doing a, a lot of events around that time, mm-hmm. um, so they they were kind of like the they were it. You know, they so were. You were
1: already all, all all in it.
0: I mean, yeah. I was, but they didn't. You know, like I was just like a, a, that dude that was jumping around in the dance floor. You know, like <laughs> Nick and X men You know, and I would meet them like, hey, what's up? And it was kind of <laughs> like that dude that's at the after party, and, and and they get to meet you, and through the years and hanging out with snotty and x-men and all that stuff then you know people get to know you and really understand where you're coming from and uh you know uh Nack and that crew were doing uh that that show on the radio on ut the b-side
1: uh yeah i think that's what it was called
0: yeah um so they would come in they you know that's when uh Biggie's you know Biggie's albums first came out and they had you know they would buy the doubles and go back and forth and Mm -hmm. I mean next level stuff you know Baby G was like the The god God. (laughs) he was like oh my god Baby G G. and he still is I mean like man I mean I would love to see Baby G you know he's he's on a different path obviously but he, he will always be a DJ you know and always rock it out if I know he's gonna come out out of the wood. where be like, blam.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, we're all waiting for that. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> of
0: course. You know, and so even back then, I mean, he was just when I was seeing him at parties, and he was like, "Baby J's here, oh shit." You know, and he was super young. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, he's always really humble. But yeah, you know, I know, yeah, he really is. I mean, all of us back then, when you're when you're twenty something, you're more like you. Know, you got so much fire in you, and you know, you you don't know half of it. You know, you're just going just. Full on, you yeah. know. Uh, Wait, so what?
1: What gave <clears> you <throat> your, your first gig? Was it Jeff? Well, Jeff.
0: Jeff, Jeff gave me my first like gig, like with like big headliner, you know, around that time. Into to this to this point for me, you know, like playing for Fort Knox, you know, and Thunderball, which they're still my good friends, and mm-hmm. they have their own record label out in DC. They into they kind of helped me take my game to the next level. Like I saw them going like they're on the right track. You know, it's kind of like in between mashup, electronica, reggae, everything put together and they were producing it themselves, you know? Yeah. Um, but going back to my first gig, uh, DJ Atlas, uh, Keith, Keithy Keith, he's basically, uh, he, people out there know him. um, he was going. He was rolling back in the day with with Herb and all that crew, and he was doing a Friday weekends over at Spiros. Are oh, you going back? Yeah, <laughs> so he would be like, "Hey, you, you know, you want to come in and, and DJ with me? You first have to, ch- you know, write down every track that I'm playing. You know, like you ha- and, and seeing at what time I played it." and just sit there and just watch. And, and then you get on the microphone and say, ladies and gentlemen, like, uh, the, you know, bar tab, blah, 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 blah. Uh, which he, he had it down, and he would, you know, the crowd would be just be eating it up. And even back back then, it was more definitely dance stuff mixed in with uh, a little bit of vocal stuff, uh-huh. you know, that n- not so much the mishmash that we have now. Back then, you know, there it was more like, a uh, dance club or a hip-hop club or... The, there know, wasn't
1: that many mixes? That was just...
0: m- no, not mixes like, you know, the DJ mixing, but, like, the blend of, you know... Oh, like, the blend of music. Yeah, like, uh, for example, you know, like, Red Fest or Volstead or what Mel does, you know, where... Even though Mel over at a, a nasty mostly hip-hop. Yeah. You know, like, he would play mixing other stuff, you mm-hmm. know, like, 80s or whatever. So back, back then, he was still just, like oh, this is a dance club, you know, and mm-hmm. people, people come to, to Spiro's from like 12 to 2 and just rave out. Uh, so after like two or three weekends of writing it down, then he let me play a few tracks, you know, and so that was kind of like my first club gig. Um, then uh, remember Mojo's, the coffee shop? Uh, it's on Guadalupe, before it's on 29th Street, uh, it's a hookah, hookah lounge place now. It's like a hookah I don't place know if I was around like then. close to close to uh, the Burger King and Nice Kicks is around, yeah, okay, there. okay, okay, yeah, yeah. It's like a yeah, hookah yeah. place, so it was a 24 hour coffee shop. And the guy who run it, one of my best friends to this day, Wade Beasley, super freak, he had he lived upstairs and uh, he had all the graffiti writers like paint his house and uh all his house outside in the back like any graffiti artist like you know mess you know definitely mess was in there oh for sure <laughs> and every other riffraff, you know trying to you know that that had you know badass talent <clears throat> so he saw me and was like hey you wanna you wanna do a weekly here or uh, you wanna do a gig here maybe once in a while and i did a 40 ounce mojo and that's what i called it and we would stream it online with with uh one of the guys that worked at the internet company named Shane Herman. Uh, so we would DJ there. And so then that's where I started getting, like, booked officially, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's, like, Spiro's, like, kind of parties and then Mojo's and little house parties here, here little house parties there. And then that's when Jeff Strange was like, hey, you know, I got this really cool party for you. It's going to be awesome. You're going to do great. It was a texture um, oh shit and uh, I'm actually really good friends with uh, the guy who was running Texture Tark Moorshed uh-huh. uh, his little girl and my little girl you know grew up together basically It's really really Austin is super small you know and if, if we all if know you, that <laughs> you know if you really want to make friends here people are open and they'll become your friends for life like I have I have hundreds of friends that I've known for 15 plus years you know, and uh, so so after that, I think it really, you know, Jeff was like, hey, man, you you're great for opening acts. We're going to do a bunch of stuff together. Uh, he did the first New Year's party that was at uh, at a hotel mm-hmm. at the Hilton that's on at the airport. Yeah. So he basically rented like half of the hotel and he had knickknack, Knack, Jamon, a bunch of local cats and uh, then then Fort Knox five again. Yeah. And I remember that I did the um, the countdown. I played like right, you know, right on it. I mean, the whole party was just like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <It's> like, didn't <laughs> <laughs> you do epic? Didn't you do
1: the? I'm, I'm trying to remember. <clears throat> remember Enchanted Forest? Yeah.
0: Didn't you play there? Oh, tons, man. I, yes, I, I, I think that,
1: right. I think that's one of the first times I heard uh, you uh, was n- in that place. Yes, that
0: was one of the. I mean close to red fest gigs being out there was like after party man yeah i remember that <laughs> i remember the chat the forest uh, rip to the forest
1: yeah i know it's sad it was a, it was a nice spot man so how did the red fest thing happen
0: so the red fest happened uh David, uh chicken george i i, I kind of like uh, through through all these different uh interviews that you've been putting i kind of like asked around i thought it was dave uh, uh Dave Starr signed that that actually came up with the name, but it was Chicken George Mm -hmm. since he was like a main residence at Red Fest there. And, you know, Jeff Strange was like pulling everybody together. You know, I think definitely Jeff was one of those guys that saw the talent on everybody and uh, had a bigger picture on like, how can we fit all this amazing talent here? Mm -hmm. You know, him and, uh, you know, Chino Chino Cochino. Uh, Cochino? Uh, what is that? Uh, casino, uh, casino, yeah, yeah. Uh, casino, eh, eh, sorry, bro. <laughs> so Chris's sister, uh, Andy Skull. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, she really also saw the vision, and you know, there's a, those people really help put art and entertainment and create some of that 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 culture that that you're seeing now. That like the base of what. Austin, you know, lifestyle entertainment is, you know, mm-hmm. where you can put art, put fashion shows, have creative ideas that are um, very crucial to, like, where we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chicken George uh, was like, hey, man, you want to come here and play once a month, be like a rotation with all these different artists, and it'll be on a Tuesday, And, you know, you'll get paid a hundred bucks, you know, and I was like, okay, you know, and if you, if you do more than that at the bar, then you guys talk it over. So like after a few months, you know, every time it just lucky enough to be my turn, we did really good. And they were like, Hey, do you want to keep the Tuesday night? So like, awesome. Great, I would love that to get was, into it That was the shit,
1: man Between that and then you had Boombox next door mm-hmm. I mean, I think the place that we've talked the most about uh-huh. on this show is Red Fez Yeah, I know Because it really holds a special <clears throat> place and a lot Because, and, and, I mean, that was where everybody met And every night mm-hmm. of the week there was something different Which I thought was great mm-hmm. You know, between Mike Swing, you I'm, I remember when Inverse was there Oh yeah, man Uh, Corrupt Uh, I mean, Chico Joe's played there too I remember Aaron when, Morris Yeah uh, always good. What um, uh, curve?
0: Deep yeah, curve. Yeah, yeah. He's still around. I saw him the other yeah. night at like a, a hangar I think, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that that was the
1: place. And the thing that struck me, and I'll I've, I'll always tell the story as long, <laughs> as long as I'm here, is that you know me, I'm a dance freak. Yeah. Just like you, and yeah, I'm right. on the dance floor, and I see you, and you're jamming, and then you just. Come and join us on the dance floor. I'm like, what DJ does that? Right. I'm like, who 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 plays a record and is so <laughs> hype about the like, song? Oh, yeah. Like, I gotta go. I gotta go dance. I gotta I gotta shake this off. And he just come and jam with us, and then you just run back up and then yeah, do it again. Absolutely. And then come back down. I'm like, I've never seen that. I never seen DJ do that.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and I, it wasn't like it's that's not like my thing, you know. And like, uh, it was you definitely it. just you know you just feel it, and it's a you know usually it's at the end of the night. Uh, or it could have been that I saw really good friends and they were dancing and you're like, oh, I got to go jump on that, you know, and do that. Right. And I think that, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, for a long time, every time I always played records, like I, I get into it and, back then like the DJs were supposed to just be like serious and you know just like focusing your stuff and yeah and just because I'm latin and I just hear the beat I'm just like moving and just get into it and if nobody was there I was just like being a dork I'm like yeah
1: I mean that's the thing like and I've I've said this is uh when you would see a DJ having a good time yeah like don't need to do the Jesus pose or any of that. But, no, like, you, yeah. you, you're dancing. You had a mic back then. I still do. Yeah, I was carrying a mic. Always yes. carrying a mic. And then you mic. get on the mic, and you yeah. start singing, then you start
0: dancing. And just hype it up. Exactly. And be like, hey, and no, people and so, are
1: like, holy shit, I need to be part of this.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, I definitely learned a lot about the different, you know, what an MC does. Right. You know, and, and, I, and hanging out, you know, I would have T-Double always come out. Yeah. because he was in Boombox and he was always having a good you know he was taking a break and like dude manny can i jump in i'm like of course dude and, you know and and i mean he's such a master you yeah. know and uh and just like that other artists came in and i'm like that's what an M C you know not enough MCs go out in the nightlife to and you know get to know the dj not just like yo, here's my track can you play it. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. especially nowadays, for your for your track to be played by one of the, it's gotta be like retardedly awesome. But it doesn't mean that you can get on the mic and hype it up, you know. And I was definitely one of those guys be like, sure, why not? What's the worst? Like, you're gonna right, suck right, right. about it? I'll just unplug you. <laughs> hey, cool, see you later, you know. And and I think that's what's the difference. It's like taking risk. Yeah, you know, and and. Not be so afraid, you know. I, I, anytime I I try to think about going to a party or I'm about to DJ, I think that I'm like at a house party, mm-hmm. or I'm just like, you know, in the garage rocking out with my friends. You know, even if there's like 300 people or whatever, I'm like, if I'm in the garage. I'm, you know, it's a house party. We can hear, we can hear the party. We're all friends here. We're just having a good time. Yeah, We're all trying know, to connect. And, and and uh so I I, t- I always take a lot of risk by letting you know people be like hey can I come play with you you know mm-hmm. I'm like yeah sure give it a try you know and for the most part it's always been very positive and I have a good intuition on on their level of talent mm-hmm. um, and through that you know I learned what an MC kind of does and hype up the party and then leave it alone let the tracks play you know yeah. for a long time you're like what's up everybody having a good time you know and Whatever, um, so yeah.
1: So how did uh how did the the crowd react at first? Because I mean, you have a very unique style mm-hmm. of DJing. Is you're at first like uh, uh, as much as you know you want to put people in boxes and so okay, yeah. well he's a hip hop DJ. Mm-hmm. DJ, he's a dancehall DJ, he's a house DJ. You are all over the place.
0: Yeah, and pretty much, and
1: I think. Um, when people ask me back then, and mm-hmm. I would say, "Hey, you got to come on Tuesday. You got to see this cat. Is the craziest DJ I've ever seen. <laughs> he DJs, he dances, he MCs, does all these stuff." And be like, "What? What does he do?" I'm like, "I don't know. I, I can't. I can't describe. You have to come and find out." Yeah. And so, was how did people uh react at first? Were they like, "Oh, this doesn't fit." A I mean, some people. I think or- you
0: know, no matter. Since I'm all over the place, you're always gonna lose somebody at some point. Of, you know, if uh, normally at the beginning of the night I would start playing like a, like reggae, dub, um, yes, I remember, you know, and back then having like you know tracks like uh, DJ Shadow remixes of stuff you know, like trip Pop, you know, mm-hmm. um, what is it, uh, Mouse on Mars, Aphex Twins, stuff like that that have a cool beat. But just to hear it, I mean, one of the things about this the, the Red Fest was the sound system and the layout, you know, it, it hit just right and the bass felt really good. You didn't have super fancy, you know, Function One sound system or bass max or none of that. It was just like your regular sounds, you know, big, big boombox. Yeah. And so I was testing out a lot of tracks. And so you would notice, like, a lot of girls would come in. And they're like, I like the reggae. I like the dancehall. Yes. So then all this, so, you know, so it was like an early dancehall reggae mixed in with heavy bass. That's when I show up. And then, yeah, <laughs> you know, it, and it was kind of early. So yeah. another thing that I would do is, like, I would buy a few people a drink. Uh-huh. You know, I'd be like, you know, hey, well, you you want a drink? You want to do a shot? And people really like that. I'd be like, oh, awesome. You know, normally I'd come hang out have a drink kick it and you know some people would peace out like that was my dance hall move and then they would leave because they would see that i i started going off maybe you know some like top 40 yeah uh, or then you know i would somebody would ask me for a request for like hey you know will you play you know Nilo, Lionel Richie or you know something like that that was kind of dorky fun or whatever and i was like cool i'll play it and then hey can you play more you know Everybody's dancing to like eighties, mm-hmm. so I would play a few eighties tracks. But I know you can't do that. You know, it's it's about everything. So yeah. I guess randomly, I would go like three tracks, four tracks of different genres, and seeing what who's really there, who's really feeling it. Mm-hmm. Some people will be like, "Meh." Some people will be like, "Yes," you know. And that was kind of like how the whole night will go. I mean, depending.
1: You, it it got to a point where. It wasn't, hey, uh, we're going out on a Tuesday to Red Fez. It was, we're going to see Manny play.
0: <laughs>
1: That's how it was. Because I, cool. I knew people. I knew people <laughs> who, were, who were like, they wouldn't do anything all week. Like, But they were there on Tuesdays.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and I think it had to do a, a lot with the service industry. Yeah. Where they could have fun. You know, it's not about being serious. And and I think that's why people really like to go out in clubs, you know, uh, rather than go see a show. You want an experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the other cool thing about Red Fest was the uh, uh, the DJ booth was so big that it could fit 15 people. So you got there early. I will get a hookah, you know, order a round of drinks. You're like awesome you know it sounds great here you know you're like a little you you went from gizmo to gremlin like in you know (laughs) in in one hour like "Ah!" (laughs) that's true yeah that's so i
1: mean if, if um do you think that um you had like a target audience you're trying to play for or you had like i mean even after Red Fist.
0: yeah, I mean, even to this day, like I think I've probably been finally getting to making a des- more decisions uh-huh. of, of like what route I, I, I should, you know, really more focus. Like one of the things that I think that that is kind of hurts artists like myself that you can't uh, put them in a certain box mm-hmm. is that you can't market yourself that well. You know, like everybody's always gonna ask, what you know, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And I, because, you know, even back when I first started DJing with first, people would tell me just pick one genre, you know, and I was just like, no, I don't want to. You know, I I love all music. And so it, it's it kind of hurts you in one way where people have to come and get an experience. And I think that's probably me in a nutshell that I'm a more one on one type of person. You know, I never have had uh, a lot of mixes out there or you know you don't see a lot of my you know stickers or t-shirts yeah, you that's know? true even though i, I ha- i've had some you know and i've created some really cool ones you know but i haven't i didn't use it to like market or sell it or anything like that not until more when i started getting making my own music mm-hmm. um we started putting stuff on SoundCloud, uh started getting gigs uh you know doing live events So I definitely focus... I'm focusing a lot more into my production and my Latin, you know, um, uh, uh, projects, kind of like Peligrosa and Los Bandidos Cosmicos, um, that it's almost like a new territory. So there's less competition, and it's something that I have a complete passion for it. I, you know, write my own lyrics, you know, make beats, you know, collaborate with a lot of different people, and it's almost like something new, something fresh, you know? Yeah, man. And
1: I I mm -hmm. think at this point, and and there's a few DJs who have that Mm -hmm. that luxury that like, I was talking when I had a Chorizo Funk on the show, and I was like, you know, you're one of the few DJs that nobody can really tell you, hey, play this, because you can do anything. Mm -hmm. You can go anywhere. You can tell Odeon, "This this is what you play
0: uh especially orion especially orion because he he gets off on that you're like yeah uh uh-huh right (laughs) (laughs) now was it here in a story that i heard a feedback where it was like in uh he was in vegas and the the club owner said hey no hip-hop you know all latin and it's like okay yeah and like the first track he plays is like Tupac or something like that. See, that's the thing. (laughs) He like (laughs) smiles and just starts rocking out. I I can't remember where I heard that, but yeah.
1: No, but I mean, I think you have your own style, and your style is all styles.
0: Yeah, and and I'm a pleaser though. I I I, I take a lot of requests, you know, and and I've learned how to not take so many because you lose kind of your dance floor, Mm -hmm. uh, and you, you you know it it. All of a sudden, those few minutes really can get you uh, off track and n- not yeah, focus. Yeah. You know, people really like real DJing with vinyl back then or even with your laptop, you're concentrating, looking for the next track. No matter how organized you are, you know, would you have a playlist of whatever, you know, all the favorites, mm-hmm. every night is a different night and your playlist could go to complete shit and just have to look for something else. So uh, taking requests, if you know what I learned was, I, I first was like, no, I don't take requests, and the the the, guy, the person will be like, what do you mean you don't take requests? So you in my head it's like click 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 click. The track yeah. is playing one two, you know. There's the beat, there's the bass line, and it's like, well, you don't have to be an asshole about it. I'm like, I'm not being an asshole. I'm actually you know freaking out that the track is almost over and you're taking time,
1: you yeah, know. And you all, all of a sudden, me. like
0: all of a sudden, that that whole interaction. I said, look, maybe I'll listen to what she has to say. Okay, what track is that? Let me see if I, you know, so then I learn how to be, say, let me see if I have that and if it fits. I'll write it down on my computer. Mm -hmm. So homegirl took off. I'm playing my track. And then I can look like, hey, that track, no way. I'm not going to play. So, you know, that will give me time for her to go and do her own shit. I mean, it works even to today, you know? Yeah, like, of course. They go, they're away, and you're like, what? And then or hey. then they come back, when did you say my song and, Do you have that? And I am like, man, I really don't have that. You know, I'm sorry. It's like, hey, I have that, but it's not the right time. I'll play that, I promise. Like, give me like 20 minutes. Like, 20 minutes? Like, well, at least I'm going to play it, you know? Um, <laughs> but before you know it, you turn something negative into something positive, and if the track, you know, even if it was 20 minutes later, she would be like, He played my track. Fuck yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and
1: and also you get to, it's also an exercise for you to be like, okay, the the request is a good request. It doesn't fit right now, but how can I fit it later? Yeah, and and
0: it's really all about being able to communicate. And even, you know, they might see that you're being an asshole, but you're actually stressed out because you're working and, you know, that interactive. And already, like, the dancer, DJ thing, you know, there's such a stigma, like, don't ever ask for requests, you know, in so many bars, like, we don't take requests, you know, that uh, if you can just learn from that and be, you know, be like, yes, what's up? Okay, you now I don't have that, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, it saves you so much of a headache. And yeah. who knows, maybe that track that they wanted to play is going to set the party off. You know, yeah, that's true. So you never know that. That's really what I learned a long time ago, and it and it works like a charm. Like, it, there's almost no static. I'm like, yeah, I have that. I'll totally play it later. Or, man, I don't have that. What's the name of that? And I will look over it. I'm like, oh shit. Did don't- you do? Um, and I, I,
1: at some point, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. did you do. You did live remixes.
0: Yes, I mean, you know what I would do before, like you had a. a you know, digital vinyl, I would just kind of like blend in, you know, different tracks and like I would do uh, Michael Jackson with some kind of, yes, you know. I
1: remember, okay, I got to tell that story. <laughs> I gotta, that's the reason why I brought it up because, again, it goes, that goes back to when people ask me, okay, yeah. what kind of DJ you are. I'm like, well, there was this one time I walked in on a Tuesday and you play, it was the Billy Jean uh, bass line. Uh-huh. And then Somehow I don't know how the fuck you did that <laughs> uh-huh. You remixed it And you kinda It was still the It's still recognizable It was the Billie Jean baseline, But you kinda changed it up a little bit And then you added hip hop on top of that
0: Yeah well I mean that So basically That's just an example I know yeah. you've done so many I mean, more But that's the one that stuck with me I mean that was one was Billie actually Jean, like course. a track You know but yeah You replayed the original But um uh, using that same tactic you would anything around that same BPM uh, you can mix it with like you know uh, uh stuff like rage against the machine anything by just you know cutting out the baseline and you know that that finding those tracks that have like a good 16 bar mm-hmm. of just like a simple breakdown uh, would help you you know and, and another one of the things that that I would do is kind of like uh, I've always been into turntableism. yeah. and even though I'm not the greatest of, like, you know, doing, like, the crab or whatever, you know, and twirl it around, but I really enjoy, like, slowing stuff down right super live. I don't know if you ever noticed that, Mm -hmm. like, it would be, like, you know, the Billie Jean, you know, and I would just slow it down all the way to the bottom be like you like like you know and here comes o p p you know yeah. you know and that was like with real vinyl, It's just taking like just fuck it, here we go, you know, and slowing down the plate a lot and keeping it you know juggling 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 juggling, you know, and um so that was kind of like live remixing, but then on top of that, I started playing you know, had musicians wanted to play like John Spees. Uh, you know, part of the brownout and yeah. Grupo Fantasma wanted to to jam out. You know, he's he's kind of part also the peligrosa family. Like he he would play live with them, and at some point, I mean, John Spitz is one of the best drummers like in Texas. Like he's mm-hmm. he's a madman. And uh, then these guys that were playing horns with a uh, boombox, yeah, uh, they would come in and and play with me as well. So then I would use, I, I would be like, look, you know, let's do push it you know, and I want you to go. So they were going along with, you know, the, the whole track would go. Yeah. And then I said, look, I'm going to keep on mixing. And I would, we learn how to communicate, you know, you never went to one of those nights where I had like I the horns. It sounds, and,
1: fa- sounds familiar. Uh, I mean, that whole era kind of Yeah. <laughs> you know, and,
0: uh, and so d- doing real, real live yeah. remixing, uh, you know, so at one point I had like, it, you know, the drummers, the horns, congas, and, um, you know, I'm not the first person to do something like that. Definitely Trey Lopez. Uh, back, you know, when I first moved to Austin, like in '96, he would do something future, something or another, and it was kind of like the beginning of that. Uh, and um, and at the same time, uh, Govinda also was doing stuff like that. But I felt like. Those were more jam outs. This was more like they were professional musicians and I was doing it sharp. We were in a big party. It was full on happening to a point where I've done like the Dolce Vida, you know, Austin uh, Austin Museum of Art. Yeah. uh, Festival where it's like food and they wanted to do, hey, we want you to bring the band and do like live remixing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was like for hours I would have... Doing that kind of stuff, so you're all of a sudden more like a uh, leading an orchestra, you know. And I and I would just look at the drummer like, "You cut it out," you know. And then and then you know the horns just din, 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 din. Mm-hmm. and then I w- we just learn how to communicate. We'll be like, "Next one, stop," you know. So everybody would stop, and I can beat match a different tempo, and then I will go, "Okay, come back on," and like you know, and they would come back up and running. <laughs> yeah, I bring that back. <laughs> I mean, I would love to. I mean and That'd be and, awesome. and Peligrosa could definitely do that, you know, and uh I mean we've been we've gone into the studios and I mean Orion plays the drums really well, the bass, uh you know, Chris Jackson I mean he's I call Chris Jackson like Bo Jackson. Like he, there's nothing that that guy can do. You know, <laughs> I swear to God, like everything he plays the flute, like drums. Every like he programs, solder's. It's that, damn. You know, you know Chris Jackson, fourth wall, VJ fourth wall. I think I've met shaved him. shaved head. Yeah, uh, I've met him a couple of times, but I don't <clears> really <throat> see him around that much. The white kid up the of the of peligrosa. Yeah, apply pressure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So he's. He, He's like the the most like wisest of like all the scene that that surround us, dude. Seriously, like he can video edit, you know, edit videos, everything, everything, everything. He does the visuals, right? He does the visuals. yes. But he's an amazing musician, like oh, I didn't know, know that. and okay. produce and the program, you know, do coding like C plus plus for like Sirius, you know, Sirius or whatever the the, the local company mm-hmm. all day, and then he goes into which, by the way, he's getting married this weekend to good friend Chella. Congrats! Blah, blah, Shout blah, out blah, Fourth Wall. Fourth Wall getting married. <laughs> Lucky guy.
1: By the way, were you? You were always DJ Manny, or did you look for another name
0: back then? Gosh, man, I was. Yeah, I stuck to DJ Manny, you know. And uh, tell me, you had some other ones before. I man. did. I did. I. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, I had like Manny Droid. Uh, it's like maybe many droid 2000. Uh, I also had a robot soap, DJ robot soap, robot soap, robot soap. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, as a graphic designer, I, uh, I came up with a name called Atabex, which means mother earth in Taino. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was just kind of like, uh, I did some, uh, like, uh, Mexican wedding shirts. I made about 500 of them. I, you know, I, I do some art, uh, like visual paintings and whatever. And I, and I go by Atavex, So I, I thought about going myself at Atabex. but then, you know, I I was hanging out with like Mike C, Snotty, uh, Herb, and there will be like DJ Herb, you know, yada, 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 DJ Kathy Russell. I was like, you know, there's not a DJ Manny, so I'll just be DJ Manny. I mean, I never th- thought I was just doing it as just like for fun, you know? And, uh, Never thought that I would get to the level where I am today, you know mm-hmm. whatsoever you know, is, I, it's, it's simple too <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just you know one party at a time <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice, nice so um mm-hmm. one thing also I noticed um back then is that remember when uh what you were using on your laptop. Was it Serato or not? Because um, it, it looked really different from what I was seeing at the time. We had yeah. this
0: whole bluish kind of... L- you were talking about the the big box that had like little pads. Or are you talking about actually on the laptop? No, on the laptop. Yeah, yeah I, something I, different than yeah, everybody well, else. So, you know, when I, when I opened up DJ Dojo in 2005, mm-hmm. um, I started... Uh, trying to find out other products, you know, through uh, M-Audio. Like, Serato was just starting to come out, and uh, there were other softwares just like it, and I was using Torque, uh, M-Audio Torque, and it was the first one that you can actually do MIDI controlling, so uh, I could be able to slow it down, put in some pads. Like, I've always been into trying out what everybody else is not trying, right. just for the hell of it, no matter if it's super cheap or super, you know, or more, like, super high-tech just being into like screw it, yeah, I'll give that a try. That's you know cheaper. Um There, you know, there's some DJs out there that use a DJ. Oh God, what's that? It's like a DJ. It's for a PC man. And it's just, DJ? No, it,
1: no, no, PC, no, there was PC DJ at one point.
0: <clears throat> uh, I don't remember something DJ that is just super ghetto, but they would make they will make great mixes. You know, so I mean, and they got it so. Right when, you know, Rain came out, trying to get into the market, it was like, people were still buying records, people were still playing, you know, CDJs were a lot more popular. Mm -hmm. So I had, like, my own CDJs, like, Denon, and you can loop the CDJ, you know, so I would loop it, slow it down, you can slow it down a lot and hit it, bang it out. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've crushed all my gear. Like, I still have some of it still, you know, like, even kind of works, Uh, um, but just... if if it's good it's you know it, it'll go through me like i I will still have it if it's a piece of you know crap then it'll break down i mean i can easily break it
1: i remember i remember looking at your laptop going what? that looks way too complicated
0: yeah it was a tiny bit complicated but then uh, they kind of stopped upgrading their their programs yeah. and i was having a lot of problems you know going out to shows or you know um after anybody at gigs and they're using Serato and it would just be a pain in the ass to switch it. I'm like, you know. I'm, yeah. I mean, I seriously, I went to Serato uh, last year.
1: Seriously? <laughs>
0: yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And you find it much easier?
0: I mean, it's... It's it's, it's standard now. It, yeah. it, it sounds better. Like, the quality is better uh, than... The points are better, um, you know. They got their stuff together, and yeah. And everybody uses it, so you know. Oh, you have the Serato box. Yeah, cool. You know. So it's it's. I'm a team player, and it's make it. It makes it easier to play with others. Makes sense. Makes sense.
1: Uh, so let's talk about the the dojo real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the? No, you started it with uh, Big Face.
0: That's right. In Cloud Nine as well. Uh, what was the? What was the, the vision and the concept behind it? Well, the, the vision was have a place where people could come and take a class on how to DJ mm-hmm. or uh, production. And at the same time, sell gear and sell records. So half of the half of the record store was like in the front. You had records and gear, and then the back of the store was a you know full on studio with a vocal on it. So I would have kids, you know, from seventh grade, being like, "Hey, I want to make it. You know, I have a beat that I made in Fruity Loops, and I, I can I can I Fruity record." Loops. I remember that Soldier Boy still uses that. Really. Dude, Bert Peterson st- uses like Fruity Loops. Like I-, I don't know if he still does, but the- I remember. I used get, to play around some, with it. It gets some good beats. Yeah. Uh, don't hate it, man. You know. No, I'm uh, not. I, I no, I'm I'm played around with it. So I would have a booth also, and we would record them. I would have a lot of people that were like, "Hey, I want to learn how to DJ, and I, I I I really like music, and I really like the way people remix stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and I learned more about that. So it was kind of like a place where. My class, our, our classes were always one on one. So you have you know one hour, and one on one experience with somebody, and in with one hour I could get somebody to beat match, with real vinyl, and then if for some reason that's not what they were really into, then be like, hey, maybe you're into pro-, you know producing, uh, and and teach them about Ableton and and like what what really it's kind of like almost following, what they're looking for. Uh, it's almost like a like a guru, you know, and like getting him into the mix. And a lot of people with zero background of music, you know, are the same as when I did, you know. And I would have to, I have like a concept, mm-hmm. so you you got to think about it. it's one hour class. People are paying really good money, so no, there was no, there's no book, there's no anything like that. So I had to sit down and come up with a concept, you know, and 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 you said break it down. Uh, You know, the first 15 minutes, you know, introducing to the the gear, you know, the second one talking about the concept of music, you know, and then um, normally I would start with hip hop and instrumentals of hip hop. So you can hear the beat one, two, three, Mm -hmm. four, you know, and and keep counting like that rather than dance music. You know, it's like one, two, three, four, two, two, you know, and your mind can't comprehend that and gets lost uh which is one of the things that i think is really important to always teach the foundation about training your ear rather than just training like visually yeah i mean you already had it
1: you know yourself for you know from grow from growing up and all that so for sure was it was it hard to teach that kind of stuff for something that came to you naturally
0: no no i mean someone i i mean i mean i use a few people as like you know Testers, you know, and and they were, and I saw that they were that it worked. Mm-hmm. So I would just m- kind of like sharpened that up a little bit, and and just kept on doing that. And I mean, almost every, like I would say, ninety eight percent of the persons that we taught. I mean, I taught it different than Big Face did, mm-hmm. and Claude too, you know. And and I I always I never said to them, hey, this is the concept. You need to do it like this, mm-hmm. you know, because that it's almost like you're sharing with them the way you do it rather than like here's you know a template just teach that and streamline it you know it's a one-on-one connection always you know and uh it's it you know through that i got to learn a lot about new software we would stay you know we would stay there for days you know and just like recording music testing out new toys that would send us new software you know and Claude Nine is—he's like the backbone of like Los Bandidos Cosmicos. He, I am mean, one of the best uh, pianists in Austin. He's played with, you know, uh, the Killer Bees. I don't know if you heard of that mm-hmm. reggae band, um, but the Killer Bees and um, play o- opened up for, uh, you know, uh, Peter Tosh. Oh wow! Uh, okay. You know the Wailers, I mean. Very, very recognized uh, Papa Mali, a lot of different like reggae community. Mm -hmm. And he was one of the first ones that was really starting to get into uh, electronic music and collaborating. I mean, he's got a lot of records out in the techno world and he's got like four bands on top of of, uh, uh, Los Bandidos. He was like, yeah, man, I'll come and work at the store, you know, hang out. And um, so he was kind of like an engineer. Mm-hmm. So if we had some beats stuff like that that needed some sharpening, he he would be the man.
1: Uh, <clears throat> so do you think that's something that um, it was like community oriented? You had people, kids, I would assume. Absolutely. Kids come by. I mean, as young as what? Seven um, years old, six years old. To- I, I
0: think you know one of my youngest was like seven, and it was like his dad had a old old turntables at his house and and the kid would call it the scratcher and, <laughs> he, and and the mom wanted him to be more uh get more organized you know mm-hmm. so it so we just really worked on the bpms you know so and like okay you know once the beat once the beat starts i want you to start counting you're like one two three four one <laughs> two three four one two and then it's like when you hear the music change i want you to raise your hand you know and you know, like, all of a sudden, like, a horn, you know, riff will come out. He will raise him, but keep counting, you know? So it's almost like teaching him, like, the beginning, the middle of a track, and the end of a track. Um, to professional, you know, accountant women that would come in, like, in their whole suit. Like, <laughs> Oh hi, Manny. Okay, let's do this, you know? And they were just getting their DJ mode and beat match. And they were like, yeah. They weren't, like, trying to hit on me. They were... It was really about the, the music
1: and learning, uh, and the experience of
0: DJing. Yeah. You know, and, I, and and a lot of people wonder what's what's happening back there. So I, I felt that 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 needed to you know be part of it. Um, I mean, that's that's um,
1: similar to what uh, Double Academy is doing. For sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, props to them, man. You know, they yeah, you know they, they they're doing some some amazing stuff and uh you know to this day I'll, I I want to come and and teach over there um Benzo you know.
1: if you're listening
0: <laughs> Oh, he knows i mean you know at the same time i i i'm really happy where i'm at you know um uh, DJ Dojo it really kind of ended up being too much for me just for because i was also performing a lot outside doing like big you know bigger shows yeah. getting into a bigger production um you know, and Are you uh, traveling a lot too. Two? I mean, I haven't really traveled a lot, but I would say I travel between four or five times a year. Uh-huh. And then locally, I do a lot of different events for like nonprofits, like you know, Dell Children Hospital, the Strong Foundation, you name it. You know, so it it would take time for me out of the dojo, uh-huh. and in through South by, I would be out more out than in. You know, renting out back then I was kind of like I had a lot of turntables for rent and South by was just getting into like high, you know, getting acts for DJs. Now, excuse me, they have their own, their own DJ, you know, team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard gear is part of that where yeah. he just like, just slay out all the different bannies with, with turntables. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I found myself always just outside rather than inside the store. And, if you, you know, if if you're not in there, you know, people are there to see you and get your experience. uh. So, I mean, at, and at some point I was just like, you know, we all kind of agreed that it was just getting a little bit too much. And w- we all have a lot of um, other art that we can focus and less stress. Yeah. You know, paying bills every month, making sure you get that, you know, make sure the man gets his piece of the pie and not get into <laughs> trouble. It was just way too much stress, man. And I you know, I, I like it more like this where I still give DJ classes uh in my own time and uh, you know, I I my weekly gig right now is at Pure Austin the gym. Oh uh, really? hmm <clears throat> I've been DJing there for three years on every, every not every Wednesday but on, on a it usually falls on a Wednesday and I kinda set up my own schedule so like if I have to travel I'll put in so many hours one Wednesday and you know like for example in October this whole the, the last two weeks I haven't worked there but when I get back from Miami I'll kick out all the hours so I'll do uh two spin spin cycle classes mm-hmm. and then I'll do a kickboxing class and then I'll do a uh, yoga class. What do you play though? Do- I mean, you know, through different uh uh instructor has a different way of what they're doing. And it's actually really, really complicated whenever they know that you, you can be complicated. Yeah. Because they will want like something the first two minutes want uh something that's gonna go a certain speed. You know, so I wanna go, you know, uh, dubstep eighty BPM trap gangster, you know, it go ta 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 so you're pedaling stronger. You know what I mean? You're going up a hill. That's why they call it like, you know, uh uh, increments of like hill uh, hill climbing and then straight and then going down where you can go boom boom, yeah, boom, yeah. boom boom uh, interesting so, so two hours of that it get it gets really really which intense. location is that uh, usually it's downtown the one across the street from Whole Foods on Fifth and West Fifth and Lamar okay okay upstairs uh, every last Wednesday is what a deal Wednesday so I can get like four people in and you know enjoy the any other locations they got three two locations okay one up north and anyway um, then I do a kickboxing class and the kickboxing class they wanted 130 125 bpm so that you' you know you reach your heart rate but uh, w- what they don't like is having that breakdown that a lot of the dance tracks have which even on the dance floor people don't like them that much you know or,
1: what, what do you call the breakdown you know sure. like
0: it goes Oh, and it's like empty sound, and you're like, "What happened? you know yeah. <laughs> and they're like and some of them are so long that you know if you're working out, you, you know the instructor is doing certain hands, so i I have to loop the track while it's going through the breakdown and then bring it back in mm-hmm. you know and letting it happen, so that's like forty five minutes to an hour of that work, and if you mess it up. You know, the whole the whole dance movie is messed up. Like, oh, you know. Yeah. So it's you have to be right on point. I mean, level of error becomes really, really little bit. So I think that helps. I, I love challenges, and I like just, like, screw it. Let's go for it. And um, all the instructors, we finally have, like, instructors that get it, that like the music that I play. Mm-hmm. They know that what we're going to do, you know, and I pay attention to the instructor, too. So, like, if I go, okay, if the instructor is going one more round of, you know, high kicks, one, two, three, four, and then I drop a different track, you know, so it, it helps, it shifts the whole class, so everybody, anytime I'm in, in there, it's not just like, oh how fun, there's a DJ, it's like, it's going to be an experience, like, here we go, you know? I love
1: it, I love it. Let's, uh, we're talking for an hour and 15, we're not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love to say I love it. I, don't, I I can ask one question and then you just start talking. I love this. I love this kind of interview. Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. so let's talk about the Peligrosa thing because you were inducted uh, last year. That's right. Sixth anniversary. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been wondering this for years like, uh-huh. why were you not in pay- Peligrosa before? Man, Knowing I... that, come on, you're from Puerto Rico, you know you're Latin stuff, Orion's been doing it for a while.
0: So what yeah. was when what was the the moment? Well, you know, I I think that, that I always wondered that myself, you know, for a really long time and I was like, Man, dude, why why would anyone invite me to this party? You know, like I but I mean I I just think that they were just focusing into making the party fun and everybody was hitting them up. <clears throat> everybody was hitting them up to be part of the crew, you know? Yeah. And I kind of just stopped even worrying about it and just going out and hanging out, you know, and and just show love and dance and and do do what I do to the point where, you know, I was on stage with them and kicking it or, you know, sometimes I wouldn't be. But people will come up to me and say, hey, are not you part of Peligrosa, you know, (laughs) like for years, you know, and I was like, I got to a point where I was like, I'm I'm a, a. affiliate <laughs> no, I, I, no i said i, I i'm part of the, the the fan club or like i'm a member of i'm a member of the fan club uh or something like that honorary member i don't remember you know just use it like that and be like look you know it's, we're all family you know it's always a great time and and just pushing that and believe me it was definitely one of those things like man i would love it if if i could join this crew because i would just fit like a glove, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, but at the same time, I think that if you just like dwell too much on why other people are not doing for you, you're you're kind of losing focus on what you should be doing. And, and that's why I kind of for a few times, like, man, I I would do really well there, but I was just like, so what? I'm just going to make my music and we're going to all have fun, you know, and we'll share that, you know, share the love. And, um, so, when I got introduced to the crew, you know, learning a lot about the background of it and, and how important it is to, you know, if you, you know, being a member of the crew is not just like you're in a click and, okay, you just hear some stickers and, you know, just represent it. So, you, you put in a lot of work. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, it's, a, it's definitely the closest thing to a fraternity, brotherhood, like you're sweating tears. Sometimes, you know, you, you work... You know, one night you're not gonna get paid at all, and one night you're partying all night, and you didn't get to DJ, you know, and you get paid. Yeah, you, know, you never know, <laughs> you never know, and and but it's not even about that. Like you know, we all pass flyers. You know, somebody's doing the flyers. Somebody's you know passing into different people. We all get there at certain times. Certain people bring in the turntables, and you know, behind the scenes, in order to be in peligrosa, you have to earn your stripes. And yeah, and I and I, I kind of understood that I earned my stripes just by supporting, and that's why you know, and they voted it. They were and everybody, you know. It's not always someone Audion goes goes like, yeah, I want Manny in. It's mm-hmm. like a like a vote, you know. And so many people were like, yeah, Manny's in, you know. And I mean, it's the, I the Wu Tang Clan of DJs. Do it. By,
1: just, just just real quick if you guys, for uh, people listening out there. Uh, I did a show with Odeon... <laughs> Uh, I don't know what number it was, one of my early shows. So go back and listen to that, and you'll find out about the whole history behind uh, Peligrosa. But uh, were you, so for someone like you who's uh-huh. been used, I mean, you've been used to kind of doing your thing. Yeah. How did it feel working with 10 of the dudes now?
0: Well, it's not you, 15, I don't even know. <laughs> no, it's 11. Yeah, and, 11, yeah. Um, so for the most part, the ones that are here in town, uh whatever. It's like eight of us. And sometimes, you know, some people can do certain things. Yeah. And I think part of, you know, being independent and being, you know, you know, like by myself or, you know, sometimes having to lead people, uh, you also learn how to be a team player and just kind of sit back and be like, what do you want me to do? Period. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not even like, Hey, you know, and you can obviously, Hey, you ever thought about doing something like this? And you're like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. You just kind of like, I'm here. What do you want me to do? And tell me when to go, mm-hmm. and that's it, you know. And so you show and prove, basically. And the, the more you do that, the you know, the more stripes you earn, and it shows that you're really committed and and push it. So I mean, I love actually. Just tell me what to do. I want you to go bat now, you know, go play some tracks, you know, you know, and do your thing, and then at the end, you know, just break down, do it again next month. Do you uh, were you nervous the first time? Hell no, man! Shit, that's hell like, no! <laughs> no way, dude! Of course not. I mean, I you felt at home and you are like, this is what I want. I mean, to do. I mean, it's you know now, not, you know it's I am wearing I am wearing the stripes. You know, it's like uh, before I was just like you know on honor, an honorary. You now it's like I am part of the posse. Nice, you know, and uh, and actually got to DJ rather than just like before I would just get on the mic and uh, scratch a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you know if 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 the crew was still a little too faded or, you know, whatever, you know. <laughs> uh, but for the most part, I couldn't, you know, I wasn't DJing. Like, maybe I scratched, like, two times or but something
1: But, I mean, like I, um, from when I heard you at first, there wasn't that much... or I mean, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but from what I heard, uh-huh. um, there wasn't that much Latin... You
0: weren't incorporating as much Latin stuff in your music early yeah. on. so True. No, and even back then... You know, like I read Fest, I would play some some of the tracks, but like it was harder to find. You know, like it's not oh, okay. You know, and especially that's gonna hit around that, you know, that that can match that other stuff. And mm-hmm. and people weren't catching on to that man. You know, it was definitely more reggae, dance hall that that was really in and even then i would play you know being from puerto rico daddy yankee you know when calle 13. you know album first came out Intego mm-hmm. calderon's you know album first came out i played it i read fast but just people you know they don't they weren't going oh this is a movement you know so uh so when did you really
1: like get into okay now i'm a I'm going to touch on my, <clears throat> my Latin side and incorporate more in my well, music.
0: I think it's when I when I started making music with Cloud9 that uh, Los Bandidos Cosmicos, that's when I was like, we're just going to make reggae, hip-hop, cumbia, and disco, original beats mixed in with other remixes. Uh, so in a DJ Dojo, um, you know, I probably have like, 20 tracks that I've made with, 20 to 25 tracks live Mm -hmm. that, you know, I've performed, you know, I've done pachanga, you know, before Peligrosa did pachanga, I did the first pachanga. Um, So it was kind of like the beginning of the alternative uh, Latin side where there's a lot more influence from all different genres. So through the years, I just always kept up with it. And you know, since some the same tracks that Peligrosa was playing, I would kind of hint a little bit at, at the parties. But the the people that I was catering to either were more into like you know Enchanted Forest or you know Fifth Street, you know, techno, yeah. or plush, you know, yeah. hip hop. Uh, so I would incorporate it more in my my live shows and. So that's, I had my own time. You have you have an hour. So I would play like three of my own tracks, then th- three Latin stuff and like wild out with people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and people started
1: responding to that more and more.
0: Yeah, because, well, it was, you know, we were <clears throat> with Los Bandidos playing a live venue. You're, uh, started getting into, uh, you, uh, do you know Austin Vida, Manny Morales? Sounds familiar, but I'm not. So with Pachanga, the, you pachanga know, fest pa- yeah pachanga festival yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I played at but you know pachanga uh i mentioned that but uh rich garza and all i saw in this crew were starting to make latin shows that are alternative and live so you would have a hundred two hundred people come in mm-hmm. uh you know i played before okote soul sound brownout um grupo fantasma grupo. so it's a different audience than like so it's kind of like you're in the club, so I would play some live stuff and then you know some Latin stuff. So, with with Peligrosa now, it's definitely more into the hybrid Latin, you know, with all the different sounds. And we're loving it. So one thing I saw,
1: and I totally forgot about that. I don't. Do you still have your pedicab with the?
0: Yeah. You still have it? Well, I I put it for sale because. Uh, it's been going from um, one warehouse to another for, since I built it. Yeah. And I don't have a truck. I don't have, like, a, a, a trailer. I was always, like, borrowing somebody else's trailer. or um, So I put it out in the market for sale. And then on top of that, I have another sound system that I built for a Sweden company about two years ago. Uh, they were putting out a, uh, a DJ app, and they saw my pedicab, and they were like, we want you to build us uh, a sound system. But this one, I want it to look like a huge speaker box, seven by three, and it needs to be wireless and with caster wheels on it so we can take it out. So I, I did that two years ago. Uh-huh. And uh, you know when Manny, Fresh, and Most Def came into town? Yeah, at Holy Mountain? Yeah, yeah. So I was rolling with them, and they basically were like, hey, uh, it, was, it was with Red Bull. yeah." Uh, they were like, uh, Manny Fresh and Most Deaf are coming into town. They're going to do a video, and they saw your boombox, and we want to take it out to the skate park. And then after that, you're going to roll with us to all the different clubs and maybe hit the streets. So it was Manny Fresh, Most Deaf, and I, I have some cool footage of it uh, riding through the skate, uh, skate park into town, and they were in the back of an F-150 black, like tinted out black, and the boombox and Mostef is sitting on the boombox and Manny Fresh is DJing on an iPad. And then they went to Holy Mountain, then they went to uh Dirty Bills with Gogo. Yeah. We were with them all that night. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, we don't want to use the boombox anymore. We're done with it." Uh <clears throat> So basically I got to keep the boombox after the Sweden guys left. Oh, cool. <clears throat> yeah. So, so you know, I have a big boombox, a big pedicab sound system uh so I just gotta like clean out. I don't need that much. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> I mean, you know, anybody if they want to use it, just holler at me.
1: Yeah, anybody out there listening? If you want a petty cat with a boombox, yeah, that is dope, man. I thought there was some videos that you put
0: up, dude. I did. I mean, I, did, I did, this about Southwest? You're rolling around in it? I did south by. I I did. I worked for uh, bicycle sports shop. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the things that has really helped me like, find my own path, you know. It's having a pedicab sound system. All of a sudden, I'm doing a lot of, like, events, you know, that are more daytime, Yeah, you know, healthy stuff outside in the club, you know. So, it's being creative and, and get other other clients. And you're still doing it. Oh, yeah, man. All right, let's talk about your different projects.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. There was Starlinks.
0: Yep, with Big Face, MC Tiger Lou, Sometimes Ken X he's part of the Ken Ken Lloyd uh which is he's part of uh one of the first like hip hop movements even when T double and Babu were uh, big game hunter yeah. you heard that name I heard that name yeah so you know Tiger Lou was part of that and and Ken X uh, so Starlink you know it's all beats that big face made and we just like play certain parts or play backup vocals mm-hmm. i was just like man i i want to be in your band dude that's just badass what you're playing and uh we made a track with africa bombada that no shit uh-huh that we we still big face gotta get on that <laughs> um so i don't know if people know but you know we we threw a party with we used to throw a party called rocket uh it was with grupo fantasma uh brownout yeah brownout. and tiger loo me and and big face and we would get dressed up in, uh, in super galactic funk outfits. You know that was like the thing. It was kind of like a mega funk party, and it, it happened just like us hanging out at, over at Javi's house. Big Face and Adrian was there. I'm like, "Why don't you be cool? We just start getting dressed up and do like a funk party." And uh, the first one we did was at Continental Club, mm-hmm. and. Me, so big face and Tiger Lu and I are dressed up, and we're we're like, okay, we're here, and there's these like country dudes playing before us, and they just see us all dressed up in co- you like, know, what the fuck? in cosmic suits. They were like, what is happening? Like, yeah, we're we're having a party tonight here, and it's a costume party, and we we put that in the flyer. Nobody came dressed for the party, dressed up except us, and. Uh, <laughs> All of a sudden, when the guys from Brownout come in and they see that we're, like, decked out to them, I was like, oh, shit. They started looking for tinfoil and started making, like, little bandanas and, like, little antennas and stuff like that. So we did eight, nine of them in total. And we brought Africa Bombada with the help of Transmission at Club Deville Rocket 7, I think. Uh, yeah, it was for a Halloween party. And... That's how we got uh, introduced to being part of the Zulu Nation. You know, hanging out with Bombada.
1: Were you were you starstruck? (laughs) I mean,
0: this is kind of what I wanted. You know, I mean, I was more like, "Look, man, you know, I think you're the bomb, and you need to be out here. And what we're doing is exactly what you're about. Yeah, you know, and we want to be in your crew. You know, and uh, after after that, like, I I still talk to Bombada. Like,
1: you got his blessing. Like, okay, you're legit you're part of that. no
0: I, I i i lost my wallet like uh my id like two like probably like a year ago but uh, i'm certified zulu nation like i have my own card and it never really? expires yeah yeah i am certified you're part of zulu nation uh huh the universal zulu nation yeah <clears throat> charlie D- dj charlie he's also part of uh, really? zulu yeah yeah he's like zulu certified yeah i want to be zulu certified <clears throat> i know what i have but <clears throat> shit that is dope, man. I mean, I really, didn't know that. yeah. I mean, you know, you can go to the Universal Sulu Nation uh, website, <clears throat> and you can apply for it. Now, getting in, in nah, no, maybe I Maybe mean, somebody's not ever gonna reach you, and you just gotta keep going and, and push it. And because you know, Bambada is a really good friend of mine. He, you know, he, I I got my card, and I mean, he makes sure to like call me on my birthday, um, on Father's Day. I mean, Bambada is. He he looks like really tough dude, but he is just like an angel, man.
1: Did you go to the DJ Shadow thing they did?
0: You know what? I had some uh, previous engagements that I couldn't oh, miss, but man, uh, it's so uh, good. I know, man. I, I know everybody. I'm not, I'm not going to m- rub it in. No, <laughs> I, I, yeah, and believe me, for me it was uh, uh, I need I needed to be at, at this uh, other engagement. You know that nothing could stop it. No, that's fine. Uh, I, I mean. At, But I don't know how many times Cut Chemist and DJ Shadow are ever gonna do a tribute to Africa Bombada, you know? Um, So and and and, and people are just keep on talking about it, you know. And it's amazing for the DJ culture coming back to seeing what the actual real DJ does, rather than what you know that battle between what's really DJing and what's pushing buttons, you know?
1: Yeah, I've talked about that a lot. Sure, and and, uh, I mean just did ACL right. And I am I saw Diplo with Major Lazer, and I didn't care for Kevin Harris or the other guy, but I'm like, all these guys, I know they're rock stars, and they're producers, they're Mm -hmm. not really a DJ, and they play their songs, even Grammatic, I saw Grammatic twice, Uh great beats, the man makes some great, great beats, I love his stuff. Totally. But I'm like, okay, you're up there on stage, why don't you... Make a beat right there, or give me something. But he was playing the same stuff mm-hmm. that you would hear on his albums, right? And all he would do, okay, let me turn the bass down, let me turn it back up, let right. me uh, slow it down, let me speed it up again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not. I wanted, I wanted more.
0: Yeah, no, you want more of an experience, exactly. And, and let me know that you're not just turning knobs it. and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And I mean, it's pretty easy, probably, to judge somebody because they're not doing enough up there but just you got to think about how much they're traveling and what's really going on and to keep that type of energy uh I mean Diplo and A-Track you know yeah. uh, you know A-Track for me it's one of like the most amazing you know dudes DJ's out there like nobody can nobody can topple him you know yeah. uh he's got he's got his stuff together he's got an amazing record label uh, and, and then he really cuts it in stage. I mean, mm-hmm. if, you ever, if you ever get a chance to see A-Track, I mean, he really mixes. He uses Serato, turntables, and he'll be house music, this and that, and da 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 You know, I mean, you've heard his story before, right? I don't know the whole He's story. like a DMC championship at 16 or 19. Oh, shit. Yeah, from Canada, and then his brother is Chromio. It's the lead singer from Chromio. Okay. Yeah, I saw Chromio too. Yeah. So, I mean, talk about a weird, crazy connection there. Uh, and, you know, having, being from Canada, being at a turntable as a 16, but then getting into how, you know, rocking house parties. Year, I mean, he's, I don't, when does he have a real life? You know what I mean? Every day it's like you're DJing, you're no, rocking mean, don't out. Don't get me
1: wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, I totally, on, on, I totally understand that. Yeah. My, my thing is that it's a show, yeah. It is, yeah. There's lights, it could be like fire yeah. and all and that that's stuff. That's
0: grammatic for sure. Comparing grammatic and eight and a- a track is two different Bs. you know. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, yeah.
1: But anyway, uh, talk about the uh, so the Los Banditos. Los Banditos. Cosmicos. Los, ba- Los
0: Bandidos. Hold on, let me go ahead say it and I'll try to say it. Sure, too. Los Bandidos Cosmicos, Los Bandidos Cosmicos, yeah. The, the problem is, is that. <laughs> Chito Bandito, you know, or, like, they call it Banditos, you know, in Texas, you know. But uh-huh. Bandits, you know, it's Bandidos. Bandidos. Uh-huh, it's Bandidos. It's easy, yeah. <laughs> bandidos. So, uh, so, Los Bandidos Cosmicos. Um, I mean, for years, we were coming out trying to figure out a name for the band, you know. And uh, I think I after, like, writing stuff down, I made a few tracks, you know. One of them is, like, a disco track that... It's called Cosmica, and it's about these two people that uh, they fell in love, and was it a real a, an illusion or not? And I'm taking it into, a, like, a journey. It goes, mi novia es cosmico, cosmico, mi novia es cosmica. So after that, I was like, oh, that would be kind of a cool, something with Cosmico, mm-hmm. you know? And they're like, well, we like to sample, or not use samples, but, like, you know, take certain baselines and make them. Be like, I really like the way this track has this. Why don't we use a little bit of that? So it was like kind of bandits, you know, and just like, you know, a, a good, you know, a good person, a good producer would, you know, steal, you know, and make it your own, change it, you know, yeah, and, and yeah. It's something <laughs> that people recognize it that makes a party going, but it's completely still original. You're just getting influenced.
1: Right, right, right. So yeah. you had a, uh, the EP release?
0: Uh, did it happen? God, man, no, dude. You never did? No, you I, couldn't, I couldn't find it. Yeah, so. no. I mean, we just, I have a lot of the tracks up on SoundCloud. Uh, and I mean, I guess it's kind of part of being everywhere, you know, and like, okay, well, I'm DJing on this thing, I'm DJing on that, that, that side. And Claude is the same way. Like he has like five different projects and we're just building, building, building and doing shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't have like a proper, you know, EP release and have like a marketing strategy. You know, we have a logo. We have, you know, artwork for the the EP. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've talked to uh, Orion about putting under their Peligrosa uh, records, which is definitely underway. You know, uh, Pel- Discos Peligrosa uh or peligrosa discos i'm not sure yet what it is but we're kind of all in the same not all of us you know um but for the most part we have a lot of production and we have a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. and it's just a matter of organizing it and and work together as a unit uh with peligrosa and and los bandidos you know Mm -hmm. just waiting in the moment you're just painting man you know so it's like it's for the
1: right time. It'll come
0: around. Yeah, rather than just dwell, like oh, well, this needs to happen right now. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, just yeah. keep making art, keep painting, you know, and sharpen your skill. Yeah, you know, definitely. Well, cool, man. I mean, <laughs> I am I am blown away right now. <laughs> well, shoot, man. You know, thank you so much for always like supporting. You know our movement. You know, not just the you know the DJ movement, but you bring in a lot of different people that make up. You really understand what makes the like this this culture that we're doing like this thing that's happening and i couldn't be happier with the way that Austin scene is like mm-hmm. more than ever there's like this like positive energy that in my 20 years that i've been here i have never seen it like that so like all the people that are participating you know their level of professionalism is you know 100% top notch a lot of the venues you know have like really upgrade it, you know. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's why more money keeps coming into the city. So props to to you and you know, this whole scene, you know. We just Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man.
1: <laughs> but uh real quick, what do you um I always ask my guests this. Uh do you have a place or that you'd recommend to the audience to go pe- somewhere you like to go yourself as far as going out?
0: Um people where people can find you like uh, little recommendation. Well you can always find me at Thai Kitchen on, on Guadalupe and uh, <laughs> next to the uh, next to the Wheatsville, I love to eat Thai Thai food there. You can start up the party there. Nice. No, um I mean Volstead for sure. Yeah. Uh even even before I was part of the Peligrosa crew, just you know, I uh, you know, Friday and Saturdays is you know, King Louis and, and Orion are run up on that joint. But yeah, you know, that's true. and and it just I just love the energy there. Uh anytime there's yeah. It's it's free to get in. Bar you know the, the drinks are not that expensive. They're strong. Good music. It's a dance party. They need to fix the speakers, but you know, I don't think
1: <laughs> Yes. <laughs> when I saw Louie there the other night, uh, I was like, Yeah, it, it sounds kinda crappy. Like <coughs> Yeah. Well
0: people don't care. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. It don't
1: matter. It's a yeah, dance party. That's it. Uh any uh, plugs shout outs uh, where can people find you Twitter Instagram all the um, social media. You know,
0: medias my social media is Manny Dojo so at Manny Dojo Facebook Twitter Instagram uh, like I said before I mean shout outs to this whole community from like producers to the bars you know definitely to the people that go and support it you know people that never ask for a guest list pass or anything that they're just there the people that you've never actually know their name, but that they're at there every weekend. And be like, hey, what's up? How are you doing? Good to see you. Mm-hmm. You know, those are your biggest fans. You know, props to those people for supporting what's happening. Uh, Yeah, man. You know, shout outs to all my crews and and to all you guys out there.
1: Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's see what's happening this weekend.
0: Uh, people are still recovering from ACL, so uh, <laughs> seriously. Well, it's what well, it's Thursday. I mean, it, it's Tuesday. Yeah, tomorrow people will be uh, will be out and about. But Tuesday's tonight, you know. The, over well, this at comes Barbarilla. out on Thursday. Ah, oh, never mind. <laughs> so Thursday. Well, we you know we're gonna be out in Miami. Yeah, talk about that actually,
1: real yeah. quick. So if you got some so, people out there. So shout Miami. out to
0: Red Bull for sure. I've been doing a like. Seven or eight years full of Red Bull projects, and this one's the biggest one. It's called Siempre Fresco, and it's always fresh. Always fresh, and it's I a know co- my Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a collaboration between three different crews, which uh, it's uh, Quebajo from New York, um, Nada Storm from Los Angeles, and uh, Peligrosa. Uh, we're gonna be playing with a, uh, an iconic uh, musician named Larry Harlow from the '70s. And for the last couple of months, we've been uh, doing remixes for him with his of his music. Uh, and we're going to play it live on Saturday, uh, Grand Central uh, in Miami. Uh, and then we're going to be at Bardo, another awesome place in Miami, on Friday with Ke Bajo. And in the meantime, we're going to be in the studio sharpening up those remixes and preparing our set. That's dope. Siempre Fresco. So if you're going to be in Miami, you got homies in Miami, holler at them.
1: Dope, dope. All right, let's see what's happening in uh, Thursday. 4Jacks uh, is playing at Lanai. It's uh, third Thursday. So Mark Denim, Jamon, Blendy, Kadabra. I want to give a special shout-out to Kadabra because uh, I know he listens to the show all the time, and he went on iTunes, left a review, and rated the show. So shout-out to you, Dustin. Uh, if you like that funky house, that's what they do. It's a lot of fun. It's a big oh, it's dance wicked.
0: party. I, yeah. sh- you kidding me?
1: I love that stuff. Uh, and then uh, same night, uh, Red Bull, Sound Select, uh, Ronda Jules, LP, and right. Killer Mike at Red Seven uh, with the, the outfit and the League of Extraordinary. G's. Uh, $3 with RSVP. I'll have the link on the post, so just go check that out. Friday's Peligrosa Night.
0: Bloop, blah, blah blah. Shout out. Um, King Louis' birthday. Oh, that too. Uh huh. Oh K- shit. It, it, oh my god. That's going to be a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> it's King Louis's birthday, uh, Royal Highness. Which I mean, it's it's King Louis and uh, Prince C U, which he's part. He's a uh, related to Selena. Like I think it's like cousins oh, really? of Selena from Corpus. Yeah, and they make a lot of like Latin trap, like weird, you know, ravey Latino sounds. And Toy Selecta is going to be in the building. That guy is like nice. the godfather of,
1: of... Oh, I saw him at the the Mad Decent party. Yeah, yeah he's, that's why. He's,
0: he's part of the Mad Decent crew. Oh, cool, yeah. I mean, that guy, you know, he's he goes way back to like control, he managing control machete. Like, yeah, he's a G for sure. Cool, cool.
1: So, yeah, that's Friday. Um, 18 plus, five bucks before 10 and 10 uh, after 10 o'clock. And then it's free. If you're 21, it's free before 10 and 5 after. So... Go check it out. Saturday, uh, I don't really know. I would say go to Volstead. Go, I don't know. will be gone. Shit. Yep. But so we'll, it do so, so, Look, whoever's going to be there is going to be dope. Just it go. It
0: don't you going to have some fun. All
1: right. Go see Miguel over at um,
0: Barbarella. I think it's at Barbarella. It's a, it, wait. Where's Fuck Me, Fuck Me? Isn't that... A, no, that's Friday. Friday okay. is Fuck
1: Me at Eastern, yeah, and then Eastern. Barbarella is Sat- on Saturday. Uh, yeah. I mean, people are still recovering for ACL, so... <laughs> There's a but the following weekend there'll be some more shit happening. Uh, in the meantime, um, make sure you go subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher. We're on SoundCloud now, so follow uh, the feedback. If you just look at the feedback, Bak like me because I love my name, uh, you'll find it. Uh, every week I put up all the shows because I want people to go back and listen. Uh, so I uh the the um, by now you should see the next five shows. Um. What else, what else? Oh, oh, big announcement mm-hmm. Big announcement I made it a couple days ago The next feedback party is booked For, oh, yeah. yes, Saturday, December 6th Alright Okay, at Frank I can't say much else for now But this is, it's a four year anniversary First of all, of the feedback Congrats. already yeah, yeah. Thank you Um, And this is going to be a big We got a big surprise We got a, a big um, launch also for something we'll be something working on. Do, we'll do, be working do, 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 do. on. <laughs> okay. For those those who know, know. Well, yeah, but you'll figure out, you'll find out. It's going to be fun. So Saturday, December 6th, put that on your calendar, put it on your fridge, put it on your forehead whatever, or in your hand, whatever you need, and it's going to be a dope one. Uh, yeah, and I still need people to go and rate, review the show on iTunes uh, so we it can move it up. Uh we got some good guests coming up. And Mr. Manny. Yo, man. Thank you so much for being here, man. My really pleasure, man. It. Much love, brother. Thank you, thank you, Siempre. thank you. And we'll talk to you next week. All right. Adios. Ciao.